Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Grace Duffy, and this is the show that keeps you up to date in the world of social media. And today's show, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk about today's topic. Jeff, I'll let you introduce it. Yeah, Shannon Hernandez is joining up with us again, and we're going to be picking up right where we left off the last time he was here. So last time, we covered podcasting trends and getting started, and this was just a few episodes back. So if you missed that one, make sure you go back and check it out, because Shannon dropped a ton of great uh, info and tips there. So today, we're getting started into all the tools and the tech and monetization and motivation that goes into a successful and profitable podcast. So Shannon, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm so excited that you said you're going to come back. Even after last show, you decided, hey, I might as well come back. Yeah, man, I had a a lot of fun last time. So thanks for inviting me back. I I, I guess, I don't know, I, I would imagine that I'm in like, uh, an upper tier of repeat guests. <laughs> yes. I guess. I don't know. There aren't that many. I think Lou was one. I think Ian maybe have been another. So yeah, you are in like a special class now. We'll oh, send God, you, I'm we'll honored. send you the mug later. Yeah. I'm honored. I, I feel like uh, I need to make myself a plaque for this. <laughs> <laughs> we should color it in, make some crowns and you know, I will. Uh, I've got three pens ready to go right now. <laughs> there you go. So if you guys don't know Shannon, Shannon Hernandez is a 20 plus year radio veteran. He's a podcaster and a podcast producer with his work in radio broadcasting he's got the knowledge and the experience to bridge traditional media tactics and strategies with the developing online content and marketing so you can find his videos on podcasting and podcast marketing on youtube he's got a fabulous youtube channel and he currently holds down the weeknight time slot for 98 kupd fm and is the sound design and editor for guy kawasaki's remarkable people podcast So, Shannon, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. By the way, another uh, we did a big shout out last week to them, but I'm going to do it again, is our friends who make this show possible, who are over on Ecamm. So you can find out more about Ecamm at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. That's what we're using to produce the show, send it out everywhere um, and chop it up. All that stuff that Ecamm allows us to do. They are doing something really, really cool right now. They're calling it Vlogmas for Flogmas right now in their community. So if you happen to grab a hold of that really cool uh, Black Friday Day sale and need some help getting started, make sure that you do a search on Facebook for Ecamm Live Community and you'll find some, they're putting out videos every day. They're really helping train people in the software. So make sure you guys go check out Ecamm. If you didn't get part of the sale, you can still uh, sign up for it. You won't get the Black Friday pricing, but I tell you, I would do it anyway because it's such an awesome piece of software. You can find out more at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam. Thanks for them for helping make this show possible. All righty, Grace, let's jump right in this because we've got the comments are humming already. People wanted Absolutely. to talk about this. And I have to, I have to say Shannon was, there was a huge demand to have Shannon back because part one of this podcast series we're doing was just so amazing. So we want to kick off today's show talking about the tech 
and the tools that you need to create a professional podcast with or without a fantastic sound designer, just like Shannon. So <laughs> Shannon, can you give us some your tips on the best podcasting tools for getting started? So let's start with the equipment, like mics and audio recording. What do you recommend as far as mics and recording this beautiful audio that we have going here? So we'll just make it simple. Go download my guide and that has everything there for you done. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you, no, you do have a guide. It's great. And they can find that. Isn't it on Shanman.com? Can't you find yeah, it? Yeah, it's on okay. the Shanman.com. Yeah. So you can go on over there. But I mean, you know, <clears throat> you know, for those who are watching who don't have time to download that guide, um, that guide has basically the equipment that, you know, if you're looking to get started, especially if you're a business podcast trying to get started and wanting to get started into the new year. Uh, this was a question that came up in one of the Facebook groups yesterday where someone was looking for um, affordable equipment. Now, there's a difference between getting affordable equipment and just getting equipment, you know. And so uh, starting out and getting your equipment can be uh, kind of an investment when you look at it. But you have to remember that the investment is a one time purchase. It should last you uh, a pretty long time and you shouldn't have to buy equipment other than maybe cords that might fail and whatnot. But if we were to start from ground zero and uh, you wanted to start on a very, 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 very basic level, uh, you would could really just get, you know, a, a USB microphone and use Zoom. I mean, that's as simple as it's going to get. Um, if you're not using Zoom, you could use probably a Google Meet. That might work. There are many different services that are out there. Uh, you could use, uh, you know, Ecamm Restream. These different services might be able to help you out. But that's really the basics of starting up a podcast, a microphone, a good microphone, and maybe a service that can capture the audio. If you're someone who's just like, oh, I just don't know exactly. I don't want to play in equipment right. too much. It seems too complicated. And I'll tell you that when you're using, uh, when you're using, say, uh, equipment, it's not as complicated as you think. In fact, it makes the audio sound a lot better. This was a topic that I had brought up a few weeks ago when I spoke to a class, an entrepreneurial class at Arizona State. And, uh, you know, there's a difference in between, you know, the sound quality, you know, the sound quality that you would be getting, I'd say like a Zoom uh, is a lot lower than, say, recording direct into uh, a software like Adobe Audition. But if you were to start from the very beginning and start, say, like, I want to get equipment, I want to get microphones, I'm going to have a group of people that I'm going to be bringing around into my own home studio, just like that comment was um, in the group yesterday. Uh, you know, you can start very simple. You can start with um, four microphones and the microphones can be very, very simple as far as, um, you know, price is concerned. So if we're going to say like, let's say we're going to have two microphones, one for you and a co-host. All right. And maybe you're doing calls remotely. You got to first budget out for microphones, two microphones. <clears throat> there are a number of different microphones that are out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are uh, the AT2100X. Those are two great microphones that you can use. They're USB capable, uh, or you could use a short SM58 microphone. They're about the same in price. Um, about you know the quality is great on both of them. The only thing I think you would have to worry about with the uh, the AT2100X is that it may malfunction at some point. But so might the SM58 too. So just know that uh, the equipment will sometimes bug out on occasion but you know i've had the same equipment for years and it hasn't right. bugged out on me and then anytime i have to buy something brand new it's not like it's a major investment that's like maybe once every 10 years so uh it's not something that is major uh the other thing that i would consider is getting a mixing board now jeff and i have two different types of mixing boards uh, i believe jeff uses a roadcaster pro uh, mm -hmm. for this podcast i use 
a Yamaha MG10XU mixing board. Um, that's a live mixing board. In fact, when I first had, um, I first started podcasting, I was using the analog version of that uh, mixing board. So this mixing board that is upgraded is now USB capable. So I can record directly through that mixing board from my microphone to that mixing board into my recording software, which would be Adobe Audition. But you could use it also on Zoom calls. You could use it on StreamYards. You can use it on Restreams. You can use it on just about any uh, service that is out there. Uh, other things that you would probably need, you would need to get some cords uh, so that you could plug in your microphone into those mixing boards. And then uh, a couple of other things, you might need to get some mic stands or maybe even some mic booms and you're pretty much good to go. So when you think about that and you think about the pricings behind the pricing behind all of that equipment, it's really going to vary and it's going to depend on your budget. Just have to remember, you just have to remember that uh, you're going to purchase this once. It's a one-time purchase. Um, and that would be, uh, that would be good for you. Uh, some things I would recommend that you stay away from, and it's not that I don't like the products, uh, but they just are, I would say that they're just not suitable for podcasting. There are podcasters out there who try to do a lot of things on the cheap. All right. And so when, you know, it's just my opinion that you stay away from things like the focus, right? Um, that, you know, it's, it's a little box. People say, oh, that's perfect for podcasting, but then they want to do, and they want to advance into more things. They want to advance into doing live streams. They want to advance into mixing in more sound and that box just won't do it for you. Mm. Um, you know, it won't have that capability for you. So I would recommend that the base level is the Yamaha MG 10 XU. If you want to go a step higher then I would say, go into the Rodecaster pro that's about, I think $300 more. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're looking for pricing, uh, you know, you could go download that guide on my website and of course it could tell you everything there um i see in the comments that uh, one of my one of my viewers on youtube airberg uses pop filters don't forget pop filters pop filters are you know those are optional you can get pop filters if you want i don't personally use pop filters um you know just because i know how to use a microphone uh pop filters are really more about um you know uh, it's a preference, really, and especially if you're doing voiceover work, if you're doing voiceover work for a podcast that has acting, maybe doing an audio book, you might want to have a pop filter. But if you know how to use the microphone, you know how to stand, you know how to have a distance between you and the microphone, you don't really need a pop filter. But I know a lot of people like to use pop filter. Plus, it makes them feel cool, it makes them feel like, you know, hey, we got that. But, uh, you know, there's some people who do notice maybe a difference in using a pop filter, too. So just kind of, you know gauge it on what you feel is necessary if you're just getting started maybe you don't need a pop filter maybe you do you're just gonna have to gauge that on your own uh and then of course maybe you'll need a camera uh most laptops are equipped with a camera uh you know i have i use a, a logitech c920 when i'm in this room uh and i'm plugged into my computer and then of course on my laptop i'm just using the normal macbook pro uh camera so those are the things that you can use when uh, you're starting up a podcast as far as equipment is concerned. So I have some some questions really quick uh, about this. Um, so one of the things you said about um, is that, you know, a lot of this stuff lasts for a long time. So, yeah. uh, I mean, you told me when we were, I'm going to bring up if Dustin's watching Google Plus one more time. Uh, back <laughs> when I first started, you said, hey, get this Yeti, uh, the pro and I did because you were using, I mean, you're using it right there. And I used it forever until uh, Heil was nice enough to send me this, uh, the PR40. So, I mean, it when you're investing in this, it is an investment. I mean, it'll last longer than your computer. You'll upgrade your computer before you will your 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 audio equipment for the most part. The yeah. other thing I want to ask you about would be headphones, because how important those are. Like when you start doing this, do you need to have 
you know, like a $400 set of Sony, you know, cans to put on your head. What do you suggest for that? Yeah, you don't need you don't need those super expensive headphones. I know people who I work with, they're like, no, I've got to have like $400 headphones. And I'm like, I don't know why you're just listening, <laughs> you know, but right. that's what they want. They want those $400 headphones. These headphones, um, these are the Sony MD, MD, what is they? I think they're the MDR7506s. And uh, these are perfect. I mean, I've been using these, this brand since I started in radio. So, I mean, you can use these. I use a different brand at work because I had bought those at one point in time. And I was like, I'm going to use those. And I ended up just bringing these home because these sound really great. They got really good low end. And, of course, they are noise canceling as well. So, these run uh, anywhere between, I think, uh, 80 bucks to 100 bucks. Uh, you know, that's something that uh, you can deal with uh, for about 10 years. I mean, I was using... I mean, let's put it this way in perspective. The headphones that I was using, that I'm using at work, I'm on my second pair of those. Um, and uh, I had used them. And I thought, oh, I really like these, but I still had these at home. I really, these are my good headphones. But I'm on my second pair of those. Those those burned out um, within, God, I think, in within five years. And these continue to last. They just keep going and keep right. going. So, you know, just, you know, remember that some of the equipment, you know, you don't have to buy super expensive stuff, but if you get a decent pair, you can use it. Don't use earbuds because what happens, especially if you're using, if you're doing um, audio through a mixing board, if you're using earbuds, those that have the sound cancellation in the uh, headphones. And when you get close to the microphone, you can hear feedback. And I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of podcasters out there. They like to use uh, the earbuds. If that's what you, if, if all you can afford, great. But it's going to create problems later on down the line. I had uh, a call with someone a few weeks ago where we were just actually just catching up and she was using her earbuds, her, you know, her Apple earbuds, and uh, they were cutting in and out and they just weren't the best sound quality. So uh, and she couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear. It was more trouble than what it was worth. And she just ended up taking them out, turning the Bluetooth off and they're just tired of talking between me and her uh, or her and her, her camera microphone. So, you know, just know what you're going to be getting into if you're just going to be using, you know, plugged in earbuds or, you know, Bluetooth earbuds. They're not going to be the same as if you're just plugged in. Right. It's all preference, though. Uh, well, ultimately, well, at the end of the day, it's all preference. Well, one of the things is, is I these are just monitor headphones, but they plug into my board because I used to use, I thought, oh, I'd be cool and I'll use the new Apple iPods and they cut out during a show and you can't hear anything. So if you're doing an interview type of podcast, then, um, you know, <laughs> you don't want to have your guests, you can't hear them anymore. So it's really important, yeah. I think, to be wired for even uh, any sort of interview thing. So the last the question- ones you have actually are what a lot of recording artists use. They use a lot of those. And yeah. so those are great mm-hmm. to have um, because they fit molded to your ear and it's really, you can get every sound basically in your ear. And these are actually like only like, they're not for like really high def stuff, but they're just for monitoring, but they're like 15 bucks at Amazon. And so if you're watching yeah, yeah. Amazon, they're in my queue. I mean, they're really cheap. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask, because let's say you're really sold on podcasting. You enjoy it. You like it. You're starting to see some traction. What would be the thing that you would upgrade first? Oh, that's a good one. What would be the first thing that I, I would upgrade if I were just starting out? I would upgrade into my microphone. I mean, that's the thing. Upgrade in my microphone and I would upgrade into my software. Uh, software is a very important thing, I think. I personally believe if you're looking for better quality audio. So the question that comes up constantly is how do I get better audio for my podcast? You know, I'm using this, I'm using that, and I'm just not getting the quality audio that I'm, I'm uh, expecting to get out of my microphone. So, uh, you know, you go into these groups on Facebook and they'll people will be like, oh, the Blue Yeti is trash, or they'll <laughs> say the ATR2100 doesn't work, use this microphone. 
what people don't realize is that when they're recording into software, they're recording into SaaS um, products, you know, software as a service. You could, I mean, I mean, I could name a bunch of them. They're all out there. Uh, you know, you can you can name Alphonic, you can Zencaster. I mean, you can name them all that are out there. You're still getting quality. You're still getting audio that is going into that SaaS software that is controlled by an internet connection, and you're not getting the best audio quality. The same can be said if you're using a StreamYard, if you're using any SaaS product. Now, if you're looking for clean audio on your end as the host then it would be important for you to record from your microphone into your mixing board into a software like Adobe Audition or even Audacity if you're mm -hmm. looking for that. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you, Those are things that you can do to improve the quality if you're looking to make it more legit, all right? Um, as far as your guest audio is concerned, this is another question that comes up. How can I get my guest audio to sound better? Well, that is the one thing that is out of your control because your guest audio is based on what they have as far as equipment is concerned. It's based on their microphone. It's based on their setup. It's based on whatever it is that they are dealing with. Now, that is, I guess, a mindset, a mental thing that they're going to uh, that the host is going to have to get over because, so, you know, a lot of us get very dead set in this fact that we go like, well, our guest audio doesn't sound great. And we know that this can sound better. It can sound better if your guest is willing to make it sound better. Right. That's the only way. And we have to remember that. When we're recording remote podcasts or remote interviews, that the audio is being fed over a line. It's being fed over an internet line, and you're going to be losing some of that quality on the transfer, especially if you're recording it into an Adobe Audition. Now, if you say to me, you know, well, yeah, there's a different way or there's a better way to get this, I will say, I don't know if there's a better way to get it, because even in radio, uh, we use ISDN lines to do remote recordings or remote broadcasts out on location and still the quality on that is not as clear as if you were doing it direct or a di mm -hmm. into a mixing board so just know that you're going to have some of those um those inconsistencies in sound but you can always make your sound better if you're recording directly into an uh, a software like adobe audition or an audacity so if you're asking me what to upgrade first i would say upgrade your microphone and upgrade your software try to start recording directly into your uh your software like an audition or audacity i mean really ultimately at the end of the day if you're just doing it on a um a blue yeti microphone and a zoom call and that's all you want to do that can be perfect but uh, i know podcasters say like man i really want to sound like a pat flynn or i want to sound i want right. to sound like a, a jeff c or i want to <laughs> sound like you know uh, a guy kawasaki uh, you know they're gonna have to upgrade their equipment and that's typically gonna come in the form of a microphone uh a software i'm sorry a microphone a mixing board and their software yeah, uh, I want to pull up some some questions here because yeah. like Nancy and in fact, we thought about doing this for Guy and I know like Jay Bear used to do this. The, she agrees about the mic. If you uh, that's not it. Uh, send them a mic and offer free training. <laughs> that's a great one um, <laughs> that like Jay used to send people a podcast mic to make sure they would have it. Um, and then our friend Gary Stockton over on YouTube says uh, there is one uh, guest hack I do. If my guest audio is terrible, I have them place their mobile phone in front of them and record voice member memo while we are talking and then send them the file. Oh. That's a great hack, Gary. I never even thought about yeah, that. That's a cool great. hack, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, so we have a actually, question it's funny from I have some friends in um, who do a true crime podcast, mm -hmm. and they the way they record, they record both their audio on uh, audition. So one is in uh, New York, and the other one is here, uh, and they do their calls on FaceTime together, 
And so they don't do them on Zoom. They do them on FaceTime together and then they record everything on Zoom. So there's all these different hacks yeah. that people do utilize. My friend, uh, my friends, Dino from the Gary and Dino show, they do something very similar as well to have. If you want to have clean audio, they figured out a way to where they're just recording the individual tracks themselves. And then in post-production, um, Gary goes in and he, he matches it all together. And then it sounds like wow. they were in a studio together. Well, so and also it's important to have backup. Like I always say, like when I say yeah. I'm starting the podcast machine, I'm hitting record on that. But Ekim also records it, Restream does as well. But yeah. that way I have backups in case, you know, I have a dropout on something or something that didn't hit record right or there's something. I always have those backups. So, Grace, you had a question you were going to ask? I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to point out Catherine Long had a question here. She said, I'm using a mixer but switched to an interface a couple years back. Uh, years back, I'm going to be doing a co-host show in 2022. Should I switch back to a mixer? Uh, let me read that question again. So I was using a mixer, but switched to an interface a couple years back. Um, Catherine, can you tell me which interface you were using? If you're looking for better audio and you're looking to co-host a show, and I, it depends because you have to look at the co-hosting. Is your co-host going to be in the same room or is the co-host going to be remote? So, I mean, if you're doing co-host remote, I would say you could just be using your interface like a Zoom or anything like that, uh, that, you know, because it's just going to be you recording audio, someone remotely. So you just got to differentiate who's the co-host and who's the guest, right? Mm -hmm. But if it's someone who is going to be in the studio with you, then probably you have to use a mixing board because there's there's that only way that you can capture that audio is by having someone in the studio. If you have them in the studio or in your recording setup you got to have that mic that mic there um it would not make any sense if you threw them in another room of your house and then you're doing it on zoom so you might as well just have the extra microphone ready to go and then you can patch in whoever is going to be doing uh the interview if it's a remote recording you know you could do it that way so i mean there's there's a multiple configurations of how you can do this you just got to make the one that's going to be the easiest for you so our friend Chris Stone uh, gives this advice. He says upgrading the room sound treatment is number one for, for him. So when he went and treated his room, which if you don't know what that means, it's like putting those sound absor- absorption panels on. I'm lucky because yeah. in here I have this wooden background and also have a wooden ceiling. So that's like what you would see at a recording studio. A lot of times they have a lot of wood to absorb that sound. And so it does really well for me. So, but yeah, treating the room so you don't have that weird echo or that reverb or something uh, can really help your sound uh, as well. So yeah. uh, I want Ian pointed out Ian okay. pointed out training your guests to uh, wear headphones too is oh, that, yeah. he says my biggest issue is trying to get my guests to wear headphones. So you're not getting that echo or what, what you know the sound. We, so we fight that at Guy's podcast as well. <laughs> a lot <of> times. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of post production that I have to do, and uh, yes, you know by the time Jeff gives it to me, I'm still doing work on it. So it's yeah. there's. You know, guy, guy, uh, guy's got a lot of people working on his podcast and, and uh, I'm happy to I'm happy to do that for him because yeah. uh, we can make it sound really good. Yeah. So I want to get this. This is from Retro uh, Turban, I think. And this is a super chat that came over, I think, on your channel, Shannon. So I want to make sure that we answer this. I got a super chat. I think so. Or I don't, I don't or one of us did. So I think if you shared it. So, oh, no, maybe it's not a super chat. I oh. don't know what it is. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but he hasn't been plugging into social media, my episodes, but I want to start doing that. Should I do that at the beginning of the episodes or at the end for like a podcast? Uh, You know, so that is, you know, that is preferential. Now you can do it like how we did here in this podcast, Jeff plugged whatever he needed to plug in the very beginning, typically the highest point of listening. 
but you also have to remember, you know, sometimes, you know, the behaviors of how people listen to podcasts. I mean, if you're someone who's on the go and you're like, I don't need to hear any of this stuff, I'm just going to boom, fast forward all the way through. Um, you know, they'll just go past one minute because they know that either the spot is one minute or maybe two minutes. Uh, you know, if you listen to sometimes, you know, uh, whose podcast was it that I was listening to a while back? Either way, it was like five minutes of ads. And I was like, oh, my God. And I just had to keep going, keep going because I just wanted to get to the content because the title of the podcast was so great. So to answer that question about, uh, you know, when you should be talking about your social media, you could talk about it at the very end, especially if the content that you're are talking about is engaging and it keeps people all the way to the very end. Or you can always do a real quick mid-roll. Um, you know, uh, I call it a baked-in mid-roll where you're just saying, okay, uh, before we go into the next question, just want to remind you that we have, uh, you know, you can follow us over on our social media channels where we share these podcasts out and we share a lot of other great tips and tools that will help you with your, I don't know, could be, uh, you know, health and wellness journey. So go on over to our social media. You can find us at, you know, Shanman wellness you know on instagram and facebook twitter wherever so just you got to find these ways in which you can get that out but also the title of your podcast or maybe even having those inside of your uh your your i guess podcast page on uh apple podcast spotify or whatever and the links that go back to your website those are always great so the way i try to avoid like over saturation of saying Go to Twitter, go to Facebook, go to this, go to that, go to that. I just say head on over to the shanman.com. You can find all the information there and you can find where my social media channels are. That's that's as simple as it can get. Plus, you do want to have a website. You want to have a home to where you can get people to go and check out what you are publishing and learn a little bit more about you. That's your storefront. That's you. If you're trying to make this thing into a business, you got to have a website. And I mean, uh, you know, if you're talking about, you know, going back to your question, Grace, if you're talking about like equipment. I, you know, I would almost lump having a website in there as equipment. I mean, it's almost like having equipment, even though it's software. It's you got to have that eventually at some point in time because people are going to want to use um, or learn more about you, especially if you are assisting the community in growing and developing, doing whatever. And if your website is that place where people can get that information, then you want to have that website. Plus, you know, if we want to get into it later on down the line, we will get into that later on down the line as far as monetization play is concerned. Mm -hmm. It really comes in handy whenever you have um, you have remarketing tags and pixels, Facebook pixels on your website as well, because you want to drive them there. This is a question that came up yesterday in a group that I was reading. Someone was asking about how do I grow my podcast and all this. And so we can get into that later at some point sure. in time. But you know, uh, but it was like, can we use paid ads? And, you know, uh, I was like, yeah, you could totally use paid ads, but it comes at a cost. So we can get right. into that. A little bit later. So one of the things I do want to say when, just real quick about, um, you know, when to put in your social media and your ads and stuff, I would, you know, when you first start a podcast, if you are really seriously thinking about monetization and this even goes like for other times of types of marketing is you want to train your audience. So I'm getting ready to launch a new yeah. podcast. I don't really even have any sponsors, but I've put in my affiliates in there to train my listeners from the beginning that this will be monetized. So you want to yeah. think long-term too, is like where you're going to put stuff. Are you going to have it? If you're eventually thinking you're going to monetize your podcast, make something up audible. You could go get a thing for audible. And that's what a lot of podcasts do is they drop that in there. So you're at least training your audience that this will be a, an ad break at this time. So anyway, just really quickly. No, that's great. I mean, I mean, uh, that is something that I've been saying for years. I mean, I should have said that, but I'm glad that you said it, Jeff. Uh, <clears throat> I learned it from because, you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a behavioral thing. So if we were to take 
you know, what I like to relate to whenever it comes to podcasting, I'd like to relate it back to, to, to radio because radio is basically the blueprint for what podcast is doing. Podcasting is doing now these days. Um, so when you're jumping into a lot of these companies where there are these networks, they're, they're doing sponsorships and whatnot, you'll be listening to a podcast and then you hear the ad break, right? So you hear this ad break. So you could do it through, you know, there, I'm not a fan of those networks just because, you know, there's a cut that's being taken. Of course, you have to have a million downloads to, to be a part of those. Uh, well, not all of them, but you have to have right. a lot of downloads in order to be considered for those. Right. But at the end of the day, when we're talking about programming and programming your podcast, you want to create a behavior to your audience to let them know that, hey, this is going to be an ad break. Like Jeff said, you, this is going to be an ad break. And there is going to be there are going to be different types of ads that are coming in. So let's take, for example, like Guy Kawasaki's podcast that we just, you know, uh, we just what we crested over 100 episodes. Mm -hmm. And Jeff came to me and he said, we're going to have, you know, we're moving over to HubSpot. Uh, we're no longer doing the remarkable uh, sponsorship. And so he said, there's a couple of things that we need to do here. How can we do that? Well, in my mind, I went directly into radio mode. And I thought, well, this is basically now ad breaks is what they are. But they're just baked mm -hmm. into the podcast. We don't have to go through a network. We don't have to go through anyone. These are our own ad breaks. So when you're creating and developing a behavior, the behaviors can be from uh, tease music to let them know that there's, there's going to be a break that's going to be coming up. Maybe there's not, but in guys, if you listen to guys podcasts, I always create a music bed where there's a point that is being made and that tease music always leads into another teaser or I guess a, a spoken teaser about what's coming up in the podcast in say 20 minutes, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, depending on how long the podcast is going to be. And then it breaks into a commercial break and then we rejoin it with uh, guys brand music and then we rejoin it by saying uh you're listening to guy kawasaki's remarkable people and then it goes back into programming so i know i went a little fast in that but if you go <laughs> listen to guy's podcast you'll you'll know right. what i'm talking about but it's all about the behaviors about listening to that because then you are you're able to maneuver and get whatever uh sponsorships you want or behaviors or, or even put in your uh, affiliates in those mm -hmm. spots as well so that's a good way of doing it i don't know do you have something else to add jeff no, that was good. So I just wanted to, since we had that super chat, kind of jump into that real quick, because I do want to go back and talk a little bit more, especially for people who are just getting started. You know, it's confusing when they say, okay, I've got to get editing software, but I've also got to have a host. And a lot of people don't, they think they can just host their podcast on their website. So let's talk about um, the best places to host. So, um, and you know, I teased you a little bit before the, uh, the show started about talking about some of these because you have some opinions on them and it's really interested on them because you have everything from like, we use Simplecast uh, for guys. I've used Libsyn before there's Burberry. There's all these different podcasting hosts and they're becoming, I love comp competition because that is best for all of us, but what should we be looking for in a podcast host, which is where the files, the audio files live so you don't get hit on your podcast and why that's important? Yeah. So don't do it on your website. I mean, this, <laughs> this has been something I've been talking about for many, many years. I mean, the, the people who jump in and they start this thing out there go, oh, wow. What they discover is they maybe go to GoDaddy or they do mm -hmm. Bluehost or HostGator and they're like, wow, I got all this space on my host on my website i could just start hosting audio they don't realize that when it comes down to putting audio on a website there comes uh metadata that needs to be coded for the uh, publication platforms so what i'm talking about when i talk about metadata i'm talking about the show art i'm talking about the descriptions of the individual podcast the description of the actual 
podcast overall. We're talking about now, especially with Apple and Spotify and everyone jumping into the monetization game. Now there's all these little things, you know, do you want to contribute to, you know, subscribe to this podcast? So there's all these little things that go into it. But the other thing that I think people need to think about is whenever, if they're thinking, oh, I need to put this on my website is that websites will not uh, update. If you if you need to update your audio, maybe you maybe made a mistake. We do those with guys podcast all the time. Maybe, uh, you know, we need to change an ad out or he said something different. He needs to change the intro. We can replace the audio without affecting the statistics of the actual download itself. So when it comes down to looking for what you need as far as hosting is, is concerned, do not post it on your website. Post it with a hosting provider like a Libsyn, Simplecast, Buzzsprout. Uh, you know, I, I would personally, the, I would stay away from the free ones. I would stay away from Anchor, even though they are uh, they are good for the beginning podcaster. Let's put it this way: if you're serious about podcasting, I would stay off Anchor. All right, I would. I, I mean, that's in my opinion. I mean, I know there's people who have very strong opinions about. <laughs> oh, Anchor is great for me. It does all these things, but I, I stay away from it because I look at this from a business perspective. If you're trying to take your podcast to the next level, you want to have the customer service and you want to make sure that they have the reliability of the service that is going to be publishing your podcast. So some of the comments that come in on my uh, YouTube channel say like, well, I try to contact customer service at Anchor and I, you know, they keep sending me these help articles and uh, I can't move my, I can't get the podcast to update. I can't do anything like that. Maybe they fix that now. I don't know. Maybe someone from Anchor has fixed that. I just know that because they are, now a part of Spotify, they're really pushing this monetization thing. But, uh, you know, free sometimes isn't always free because you're it's coming at a cost. It's coming at the, the service itself sometimes. So uh, it'll work for some people. It'll work for, you know, I guess quite a few people. But, uh, you know, I see a lot of podcasters that are out there who are doing it and they're just trying to figure out the game. But when you're using a Libsyn, you're using a, a Simplecast, Buzzsprout, whatever it may be, Blueberry, um, you're going to get the service that you deserve and you're getting the updates that you deserve. Now, for me, I, uh, you know, I was using Buzzsprout for the longest time. And I think, you know, Buzzsprout and Simplecast, I believe, are the best. But there are other people who will say, like, Spreaker is the best. You know, it's all based on your needs. As far as business is concerned, I use Kajabi. Um, and I don't want to make this a big Kajabi ad or anything like that. It's just the platform that I use. It's my website platform. It's my podcast hosting platform. It's my landing page platform. It's my email marketing platform. It's the all-in-one that we use that I use. And when I use Kajabi, it does basically the same exact thing as, uh, say, Buzzsprout or Simplecast. The only difference with uh, Kajabi is that with Kajabi, I am able to create, say, a paid podcast if I wanted to do that. So I can have a public podcast, and then I can say have a paid private RSSV podcast that I can send directly to my subscribers if I wanted to do that, and. I'm getting a monthly subscription. So now this is where we run into the whole monetization. We jump into monetization. I would say when we think about our podcast and we think about the hosting, we have to really come and step it back, step back and ask ourselves, what is the ultimate objective of our podcast? Is our podcast to get downloads? And with downloads, what does that mean? Does that mean we're going to be a lot of downloads so that we're trying to get sponsors? Or am I just trying to build this into a business so that I can help and serve other people, maybe the objective is a little bit different. You may be doing coaching programs, you may be doing paid podcasting, you may be doing who knows what. You may have to jump into something that's a little bit different. You may have to jump into something that 
you know, that is more like a Kajabi where it's more sales driven and it's about you and your brand. But if it's about sponsorships, maybe you stick with Lips and Simplecast Buzzsprout. You might stick with those. Um, and you know that you're just going to have to work towards getting more listeners so that you can approach sponsors or maybe join some type of network to say like, oh, yeah, this is how I'm going to start making my money. Again, all that stuff is going to come at a cost. It even comes at a cost when it comes down to doing, say, a, a Kajabi. There is a cost that you mm -hmm. have to pay, not in terms of financial cost. It's going to come at the cost of, say, you know, how big is your audience? And maybe your audience isn't that big, but maybe what you're offering is enough to start and help develop your business. That is all great stuff. So that was a little mini course right there, folks. So that's really the, because it's really important. That a lot of people don't think about this. But another thing that people don't think about, and I know, Grace, you have this uh, question. So I'll let you go ahead and ask Dis it. Distribution. So I read a stat somewhere where there's like 66 million podcast episodes living online somewhere. Uh, I'm sure that number is growing. And according to the stat, there's like a half a million of those podcasts are on Apple Podcasts, which of course still growing, no doubt. But of course, there's Spotify, there's Amazon Music, there's Stitcher, there's Audible. These are all these different places. I, I feel like every time I turn around, there's another platform, another content distribution service that's offering podcasts. I can't wait for Netflix to launch podcasts, right? <laughs> like this is this is where we're at now. Um, and so I wanted to know, there's all these different places that you can distribute to. Can you tell us what is the submission process for getting your podcasts up uh, I guess, distributed on these platforms, particularly Apple. I know Apple, uh, tends to, there tends to be a few hoops. There's a lot of articles written about how to get on Apple Podcasts, but yeah. there's a lot to choose from. For, so I, let, tell us about what that is, what it's like to navigate this process and how do you decide and choose where to go? So when we look at the statistics, and I mean, I'm sure, you know, the, you, you can ask someone who's more qualified about this than I am who does research on this. But when you look at the distribution as far as how people are listening or where they're listening, <clears throat> there's been recent articles saying uh, Spotify is now, you know, mm -hmm. competing with Apple at the top spot of the distribution platforms. And so <clears throat> still, though, to this day, Apple Podcasts is the platform that most people are listening to their podcasts. You, I don't know. People here who might have podcasts can look at their uh, statistics and they can see that probably the majority of them come from Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Now, how many do we need to get on and how do we get on those? All right. So my philosophy on this is that um, you go where the people are. You go where the people are hanging out at the bar, where the where the popularity is. Right. But you also want to be in the area where people may, you know, you know, there's total introverts that who don't want to go to the bar. They want to go to their own little watering hole. Right. 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 And so you have to also kind of cater to them as well. But for the most part, when it comes down to the, the distribution process, um. I would I would I would allocate time for yourself to say, OK, if I'm going to have a hard podcast launch date, maybe you want to soften that up a little bit because the process of getting on these platforms and which ones you need to be on can vary. So let's take, for instance, you talked about Apple Podcasts. Which ones do we need to be on? Well, definitely you need to be on Apple Podcasts and you need to be on Spotify. All right. So when you go through the submission process. Um, if you use a service, I don't know, uh, Jeff, you set up uh, guys podcasts on Simplecast, but I set them up on I've set myself up on Buzzsprout and Kajabi on Buzzsprout. I know Buzzsprout's got a really great service for hosting where you set up the podcast, you do all the uploading, you get your everything up and ready to go. And then they have basically all the platforms that 
listed on their website or on their hosting platform that will tell you where you need to be listing your podcast with instructions included and links that go directly to the areas in which you need to submit your podcast. So that is a really cool uh, feature of Buzzsprout. Kajabi does the same thing, but they're only listing the top podcast platforms that most people are listening, but they're still working on getting more. I have a guide where I give all a list of all those. So you can get this information from different sources, right? But what happens is that you are going through and you're going to have to start submitting through the Apple podcast process. All right. So I talked about this hard launch date, right? You set a hard launch date. You say, I'm going to drop a podcast on January 2nd. So that's when I'm going to do it. Well, we have to think about, okay, if you're going to drop it on January 2nd, are you going to drop it on January 2nd or are you submitting on January 2nd? Like, let's think right. about this. All right. So when you submit to Apple podcasts, you submit and you'll get the RSS feed from Buzzsprout and you'll get the RSS feed from Kajabi or wherever, Simplecast. You'll submit that. You submit it to Apple. It may take it. it I've had podcasts approved the same day, right. but I've also had podcasts approved two weeks later. Right. So it varies. So you have to give yourself some time in order to get all these podcasts approved. If you're going through uh, Google Podcasts, I've had podcasts approved you know, two days later, and then, you know, other podcasts approved, you know, just five days later, it just really all depends. Every platform is going to be a little bit different. So that's something that I think you should think about when you're going into that process of getting ready to launch, you need to have at least one to two episodes uploaded already. It used to be three, but I think they're cool with now just having one right. or two ready to go. Um, so make sure you have that ready. So I would say the process would start with first upload your audio, and get your podcast ready to go and have them kind of hold in a holding pattern on your hosting provider. Next, go into the different uh, syndication platforms and then learn and figure out which platforms accept the RSS feed. Some will accept an RSS feed. Others are just pulling the feed from Apple Podcasts or wherever. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to do any submission there. But Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you, you're going to have to really gauge uh, you know, a few weeks or maybe give yourself a couple of weeks based on the uh, approval process of getting your podcast out into the world. So that's just right. something to think about. And then after that, then you can start, you know, you can start, uh, you know, promoting your podcast, go hog wild on it and then uh, start gaining some traction. But I think the most important thing is just to give yourself time. If you're going to set a hard launch date, set it way ahead right. so that you know that, or I would say not set it way ahead. I would say prepare for your pre or for your launch date so that you can make sure that you hit that hard launch date. Yeah, so exactly. So because they could be different, like that's one thing. And so Nancy says, you know, she's not like an iPhone or an Apple person. She's Spotify for me for listening. And she also says that Libsyn will walk you through distributions to all the different platforms. Kajabi was incredibly easy. The same thing with Simplecast. It's really easy. Yeah. So that's one of the things I want people to understand is like, you don't have to pick where you're going to be distributed. You don't have to say, oh, should I pick Apple or Spotify? You can do them all. And most of all these platforms will walk you through the submission process. But Shannon's point, and since a lot of marketers are watching, is we always like to have a launch you know, campaign. The problem yeah. is, is it may get approved at Apple, but it's not in Spotify or vice versa. It won't happen at the same time. So that's why Shannon was saying to, you have to wait till they're approved and they go alive and they're being distributed. That's when you want to do your launch campaign. Otherwise, people won't know where to go to subscribe to your podcast and some of the links won't work and all that stuff. So that's what you have I to take. I think there was like a lot of miscommunication many years yeah. ago where there were mm -hmm. people saying like, 
this is your launch date and you got to do it and you're going to affect the rankings of your podcast. And if you don't do that, then it's going to affect your rankings. And I'm like, I don't even worry about that because at the end yeah. of the day, I'm in the, I'm in it for the long game. Right. And I know yeah. that the approval process is going to be different for everything. You as the marketer, you as the business owner, you've got to have your own playbook in place. Don't listen to what Apple podcasts and the algorithm, whatever have your business is the number one thing. So focus on your business and utilize the platforms as the vehicle to get, you know, attention to your business. Yeah. When I love the idea of launching with several episodes too, because it's frustrating when you find a new show and you're like, there's only one episode and when is the next one? And it right. allows people to, you know, get to know you right away, especially with our new binge culture. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, I think the stats and it's probably even shorter now, but it used to be that most podcasts don't go past the seventh episode. And so yeah. when they see that you're there and you're consistent, they realize like nothing hacks me off is when I'm binging something. And then I find out through the inter internet that like, Oh, they didn't do the the next season. And so you're left hanging. I'm like, I'm not watching this anymore. You know, and it's yeah. kind of same thing with podcasting is people want to make sure you're going to be around. Um, I want to go because Shannon, I know that a lot of people do interview style podcasts. Like we talked about Guy Kawasaki's Remarkable People where he interviews those kind of people like Jane Goodall and some of the other uh, really high profile people. So how do you get guests? And I know with you, with the radio station, I've seen you interview these, you know, top tier bands and Metallica and all these things. So not Metallica, but, but I you, wish, <laughs> Yeah, but, but you've got some really big ones on there. So yeah. how, a lot of questions, a lot of people say like, how do I get guests? How do I get good guests for our shows? Do you have a process for vetting people? How do you find out? How do you get guests when you're first starting? I know that's a big question for people who want to start a podcast. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it varies. I mean, because my process isn't exactly like how I think, pot, you know, a lot of podcasters processes are. I just go and ask. I'm like, I'm asking. I'm like, hey, uh, I think you have something really great uh, that you can offer to my podcast audience. Uh, would you like to come on my podcast and start, you know, just talk for about 30 minutes to an hour? And, you know, I typically, you know, if I say like, hey, can you talk for about 45 minutes, maybe 30 minutes? They, they'll typically go the full hour, you know, so right, right. Um, that's what ends up happening because you if you can engage the conversation, it's great. But you know, there are very different ways. There are many different ways you can get a guest. So I typically, if you're saying you want to get a big guest, let's say you want to get a Seth Godin, mm -hmm. you know, well, you probably won't get Seth Godin if you, unless you don't, unless you know him or, you know, someone who does know him. But for the most part, what I would say, start doing is that you just start with your little guests because there's a lot of people who have a lot of great talents or a lot of great knowledge that can still offer value to your podcast. And so I would start with those people. I mean, some of these people don't even have to be on the internet. They could be lawyers, doctors, uh, fitness instructors. They could be anyone, but they still have the knowledge. Everyone has knowledge. So, um, you know, you as a podcaster, you have to think to yourself, well, if I'm going to bring this person on and, you know, and they don't have an audience, sometimes you can say like, that's okay. As long as the value is there, I can give it. But maybe you're looking to grow your audience. You're trying to find someone. Still, maybe you need to just start getting people to be acquainted with your style of podcasting. Get guests. Get guests that don't have audiences in the beginning. You don't have to have a guest that has 100,000 people on Instagram who will follow your podcast. You don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. You're just looking for the value. And then once what happens is that as you go further down the line of episodes and you start putting in requests to people, and you say like, hey, uh, you know, I do a podcast that has this and that. You, you now have the clout to say like I've done – 52 podcasts, you know, a year's worth of podcasts. And these are the topics that we talk about. I would love to have you on my podcast. And I would love to see if you would be willing to share some of your information and knowledge to my audience. Sometimes they'll say yes. Sometimes they'll say no. 
Uh, it just really depends. My process is really more about providing the value because when people jump out of my feed, they see that the value of starting a podcast or you know marketing a podcast, those podcast episodes are going to be there for people to consume. That's that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for to share the necessary value to them. I'm not in the business of sharing content just for the sake of sharing content if it's going to lose listeners. That I want to share content so that I can get it out to them and it's important to them. So, uh, you know, figure out your own process. But I mean, I know you have a different process of how you do it, Jeff. I know you do it too, Grace. Um, you know, my process varies differently at the radio station. It's typically with someone who's working for the record company. It comes to us and says, hey, do you want, you know, would Shannon like to be interviewing someone from, you know, I don't know, Bullet for My Valentine or whatever. And I get I get the power to say yes or no. You know, that's right. that's up to me, you know. But if you're a podcaster looking to get a guest, start small. Start with the guests that, you know, that don't have audiences. Just provide value. That's it. Yeah. One of the so things on the flip side, on the flip side of that, uh, like a lot of business owners, a lot of marketers, a lot of people within organizations want to be interviewed by podcasters because they have information to share. They want to promote their product or what have you. So what's an effective and reliable way to get your name out there and let people know that you're open to being interviewed without being super slimy or spammy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that all comes down to the content development that you're going to create. I mean, also, I mean, I would like the bio. I mean, the bio is always a great one, but I mean, uh, this is really now more, you're now diving into the topic of like, you're trying to sell yourself basically to these people. Um, you can promote yourself. You can reach out to people on different podcasts, jump into the Apple podcast store. There are services out there that, um, you know, say like we can get you on different podcasts. I'm kind of, uh, you know, I, 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 it's not that I question those services. It's just, it's not, I just not trying to be on every podcast. I'm trying to be on every relevant podcast. So my podcast is about, or, or if I want to try to promote my my business, I want to try and be on, say, for this instance, I want to be on YouTube channels. I want to be on marketing people's channels. I want to be on their channels to be talking about what I am promoting. If they say no, they have my information. I can always circle back. But um, when I'm crafting that email, uh, you know, I'm not craft Like I got an email yesterday uh, where this guy was like, Hey, uh, you want to grow your podcast? I can help you grow your podcast in 90 days uh, <laughs> and make $100,000. I'm like, God, this is so disgusting. I hate when people do that because it's false promises. Not everyone can do that. And typically what that guy's looking for, he's looking for an investment so he can make money. Whereas I'm just looking to help provide value. I'm helping to provide value where I can. Now, do I want to make money in the end? Yeah, I do want to make money in the end, but I don't want to sound so gross and salesy with that. So I just provide my credentials. Hey, I'm a 20-year radio veteran who's been teaching podcasting for the past 10 years. I I edit up podcasts uh, from small business owners, and the most recent one is Guy Kawasaki's Remarkable People Podcast. You, here are the links that you can go ahead and check out. Uh, I would love to be considered to be a part of your podcast and help share the knowledge with your podcast audience if you feel that it's a great fit. There you go. Right. And I get those pitches all the time uh, that you mentioned before as well. And you can tell a lot of times they don't even listen to the podcast. They're like, this guy's, no. you know, this guy's, this guy would be perfect for your podcast. He's a vacuum cleaner salesman. And I'm like, what? Why? Would, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? I, I've gotten those in the last couple yeah. of weeks. I'm just like, yeah. I, I just have to start throwing them in spam. <laughs> so Mike has this great comment and I think it's really important. He goes, uh, start building relationships today and you'll find tomorrow's guests. And I think that's really, really important. The yeah. other thing is, and what we try to really do on this show is we make the show about the guests like, and, and we repurpose this like crazy 
And you'll f- hardly ever see me or Grace more than me on those clips because I want to make this show about the guests and their knowledge and providing value that way to my audience. Um, and that's what I do with those clips. The good thing is, is guests want to come on the show because they know that I do that and that they know that I share them out and I try to make the show about them. So that's one way if you're trying to get guests and when you do get those guests, make it easy for them to share the the content. Restream does a, a really great job with that with this new pairs feature. Um, but make when you're making, you know, graphics, whatever, make it really easy for them to share it and then highlight them when it's over. Um, it, that has probably been the best way for us to grow this show because uh, it just it just works. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always about your it's always about your guests. If you're the host, it's always about right. your guests. So highlight them. I mean, make them the star. Yeah. And who are you again? Uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> and the audience and, and the, the audience. audience. Yes. Jeff does a, Jeff does a really good job of co- of answering questions and bringing up people up too. So that is another yeah. big part of that too. Is serving the audience. So speaking of serving our audience, audience dynamic. Yeah, yeah. The audience now with the way we do things, that's the new dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of our audience and giving them great information, do not forget about our friends over at Ecamm. See how smooth that was? Uh, you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. And I hope you guys know by the, what I said last week and throughout the show is that I love the, it's not just the, the product and the service, but it's the people there. They've got a great community. They really help you learn the software. They listen to what you guys need. Uh, and so I am more, I'm so excited. They've been a sponsor for the show from the beginning. So find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam and we once again you, we may have to do a part three shannon i mean i'm, I'm telling you oh we only God. have five minutes left um and we really didn't get into monetization so uh can you so i know you get this question a lot so let's make it really as short as possible and we'll have you back to talk about this but everybody wants to make money and you know most of the podcasters that i know either start as a hobby or they don't even start as a hobby they go right into the business side of things What's the best way for somebody to monetize their podcast? You're muted. You're muted. Uh, That's the radio station in me. I mute myself. So (laughs) there are multiple ways you can monetize your podcast. There's so many different ways that you can monetize. Uh, You know, yesterday, Grace sent me an article on the different ways you can monetize a podcast. I was like, yeah, these are all great ways. So, I mean, let's just look real quick at the, the different ways. I'll just kind of name some off the top of my head. There is, you know, the donation, the subscription model. Uh, there is uh, making money by creating products for your audience. There are courses, coaching. I mean, there's a there's sponsorships. There's all these different ways you can monetize. And podcasters can get lost in the mix of it all. Do I have to do it all? Do I have to do monetization through sponsorships? And do I need to have a coaching program? And do I need to, yeah. There are many different ways. So this all comes back to the question, what is your business objective? What is your objective? Like, so when I ask about what's your objective, your objective is yes, I want to make money, but we have to ask the underlying objective. Who are you trying to serve? What are you trying to do? Like ultimately, what are you trying to do? So I personally believe that it's a bad, uh, bad, uh, it's a bad philosophy to follow if you're just doing it to make money, because if you're doing it to make money, it looks very self-serving, right? So Yes, we want to make money. We want to help this become a part of our livelihood, but there has to be an exchange of something. So the exchange may be coming in the form of last, but like when I talked about the dynamic of what we have with an audience, it's about a guest, but now it's about we have a live audience who's here watching. But you have to also remember that when people are listening to a podcast, they're consumed in you. So you need to make it about them. 
So you need to always be having it facing towards them. Your content has to be facing towards them. So when we're talking about monetization, what is it that you can offer to them? Could it come in the form of a funny t-shirt? Could it come in the form of saying, hey, look, uh, in exchange for all this great free information, I would love it if you could contribute to my podcast five bucks a month. It helps me help develop the podcast. So you're giving free information that is valuable, but hopefully they can do that. Now, that's a little bit different, but you can also do something like, you know, there's a lot of people who use Patreon. Mm -hmm. And so they give a lot of bonus content. They give extra episodes of their podcast because that's what typically people want to do. I mean, you can do that. Um, you know, not every objective is going to be the same and not every objective is going to be something that works. It's, it's not a one size fits all. Like my friends who, um, run the crime and sports podcast and small town murder podcast, they have millions of downloads and all they do, how they're making their money are based off of their, uh, Patreon and PayPal donations. All right. And then of course they've gotten so big now that they have other lines of income that have just come forth. So I would say in the beginning, Figure out what the one thing is that you want to start setting yourself up for when it comes to monetization. For me, if you're a business and you're not like in the comedy niche, you're not in the true crime niche or anything like that. If you're starting from the business side of things, you need to start developing and building a website so that you can start collecting emails so that you can start promoting that you're going to eventually start saying, hey, uh, you know, hey, uh, here's a plan where you can subscribe to extra podcasts or you know, things like that. I mean, I could get I could go really deep into this. Well, you're going to have to go really deep on part three with Shannon Hernandez, because once again, we got so many great questions and so many uh, awesome uh, you know, topics that we talked about that, you know, you know what? You should teach a course on this, Shannon. Oh, where, weird. I know. So where can Maybe people you should build a business around podcasts? Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know, Shannon. We're full tell of people where they can find you and get some more of all things Shannon Hernandez. Yeah, you can find me at the shanman.com. Uh, I have my course uh, on, you know, the basics of, you know, I, mean, I wouldn't even say the basics. It's just learning how to use Adobe Audition to build out your podcast. So that is available there for you to go ahead and check out. And I got other products that are up there as well. You know, how to monetize your podcast audiobook. Uh, I've got, uh, you know, podcast launch checklists and so much more that is up there. So go to the shanman.com. You can find it there. Yeah, it's got tons of resources. And I mean, there's nobody else I go to when it comes to, uh, podcasting and audio stuff. When Guy came to me about doing the um, the Remarkable People, helping him produce that podcast, the first person I called was Shannon. I didn't even go to anybody else. It was straight there. So um, make Thank sure you, you guys sir. check him out. He's Thank got you. a ton of great information uh, information at theshanman.com. But someone else who is equally awesome and amazing is the amazing Grace Duffy. Grace, where can people find out more about you and all things Grace? Well, I am the video content manager over at Restream. You can find out more about Restream at Restream.io. And I'm here every week with Jeff, except when I'm not. So <laughs> I'm here. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so I could not do the show without Grace. Uh, she is amazing. Uh, this has been so much fun. Thank you guys for all your questions and your comments and sh all your shares and everything that you guys do. Uh, this is also a podcast. You can find us if you just go search at any of your favorite podcast places, just do a search for social media news live we'd love for you guys to leave a rating and review it really helps us out and uh we will be back next week with another great uh, guest and topic you can find us at uh youtube facebook linkedin all the places uh and we would love to know if what you'd love us to talk about is there some subject yeah. that we have not covered yet that you really want to know for 2022 we would love to do that so drop us a dm in the comments uh and with that our next show will be on friday december 10th at 11 a.m eastern time 
time, 10 a.m. Central. Uh, we really appreciate all you guys. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, Shannon. Thank for all you. Thankful for all you guys in the comments. Gary, uh, Mike, um, Jeff. Thank you so much for being here, and we will see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Social media news live.